With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you insurgency up, in their man. lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Marcus, I'm telling you what, right now, hands down, the greatest thing you've ever seen in the movies, action shooting, go. Whoa. That, man, best? Best? That's some good ones, man. You mean like most realistic, yeah, most we're talking fantastic? No, the baddest most... thing you I'm talking Mel Gibson role. I'm talking heat street fight scene. I'm talking John Wick killing 355 people <laughs> in yeah, a two-minute so stand. John Wick. John Wick? Yeah, pistol. Hands down? Which scene? Pistol practice. The, all of them, man. I mean, just... Oh, he killed somebody with a pencil. <laughs> so my favorite, pencil. my favorite is when he comes back from Europe, right? And they put out the hit on him for, I don't even know how many, right? It went to everybody, right? And the chick who's playing the, the, yeah. the, 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 violin. Vi- the violin, the big sumo dude everybody. who he hits, shits, yeah. he shoots him like they three times. They did a good time. job on that movie. Bro, and- bro, <laughs> that's my favorite sequence right there. Because you know, you know, Sean and I have a little thing going, right? And so what we're trying well, I, okay, to do. So do you remember? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, go. But if we're talking about like with realistic, um, you remember Three Ten to Human when Russell Crowe went in? No, no, no. I'm sorry, it's not Three Ten to Human. It's um, the Quick and the Dead. Quick and the Dead. Right. So yeah. he, he was a preacher. Used to be a gunfighter, and they pull him into the gun store, and Leo DiCaprio's in there. So it's his gun store, and, his, and Gene Hagman's his father runs the town. Uh huh. And he pulls out the guns. He starts throwing them to him, and Russell starts going through all of it. That, That's bad. And uh, and Johnny Ringo. Oh, and, Johnny Ringo. And the oh, bar man, scene. That, oh, bar scene. Good one, man. And I know I'm missing some. How about when Doc Holliday comes out, right? Yeah. And he's he, he's sick, you know. He's bad. And, and he's he just, sitting he, there, he, he, and he's got like his he's off he's offhand. 
cut his eye, his arm out at it, and he just, <laughs> and then he goes, and he's, he's bleeding, he's dying with the hole. Dude. No, Hickok, that's the way, because he was a cross draw, and he wore oh, yeah. assassins, man, and he... I tell you what, though, the John Wick was the first in my mind because it's so recent. But as far as the extremely realistic scenes, I think some there's there's two that stick out in my mind. One's an edge weapon scene, but uh, Tom Cruise in Collateral. Collateral. Oh, go with that one. he's about where they're trying to try yeah. to rob him. And he's right that there. good. He's yeah, that and good. He, and he draws. I, that was that was excellent. Yeah, that was perfect. Edge weapon scene in the Hunted. Hunted oh. between Benicio del Toro and Tommy Lee Jones. Mm. I love how uh, in a knife fight you get cut. Everybody and, gets cut. And that was the first time I think I probably saw in Hollywood a scene that was, well, you know what? You want to play with knives, you're going to get cut. <laughs> and then I got another one. I'm sorry. Right, I got keep going. These on keep there. going. One that had a huge impact on me as a kid. It's still my favorite movie is Last Mohicans. You got to be a fan of the movie, and y'all probably don't remember it. But they're on the stockade, and they, and they send the runner to go... Uh, carry a message to carry reinforcements. Uh, and, and him and his sniper. brother, him and his brother, are up on the wall yep. with those long rifles. Yep. They, I mean, they're just knocking down one, two, three, and then that last shot, and they draw it out. You know, Michael Mann's the director on that. Yeah. Draw it out, draw it out, and draw it out. And you know, the the runners going straight for this guy. It's an impossible shot, iron sights at night, and that was probably hundreds of yards. But when you're a kid, man, it's the realest thing in the world. The Just bull, like the Commando bull, was. The bull arrives and he takes that you know fifty caliber slug to the skull and throws yeah. him backwards. Just as that messenger is running up on a tomahawk. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, that changed the, my the, life. The, 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 the I, that end, was it. The end scene. <laughs> I love it. And um, open range with Kevin Costner. Oh yeah. <laughs> he walks up and the, the gunfighter, the sheriff, hiding. He's just like, "You want to kill my friend? Yeah, I killed the boy, and I liked it." And there wasn't any more talking. Costner just starts walking forward, walks, doesn't say a damn word, pulls out his pistols, pop, right in the forehead, dude, and then it's on. Yeah, everybody gets into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> dude, there's so many. There's so many. So I, I, I know we're 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 gonna get burned on one. We're gonna get hammered because we're forgetting that. Oh, there's ton. We're gonna get a ton yeah, of mail on this one. But what I need to know, and from our listeners too, is. Sean and I have a bit of a competition going on. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar <laughs> with this. It started with a yeah. ninja slide in a in a in a combat like uh, oh, stress I, test. He did a ninja slide in a, in a presidente. We were doing range 15. I was like, let's do one of those power slides. But then at the very end of it, I'll fall into you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what would happen. Yeah. I'm going to scrape my yeah. knee up. And be like, oh, I'm so, doing so that again. So the last iteration we did was was a hood slide, which, again, I won. Let's not start with that one. It's not your finest moment. I, I think you won the video before that. Oh, for sure. I was faster. Uh, yeah. I didn't technically. he's got a better slide. I didn't beat actually do a ninja slide. Though, so, but don't tell anybody, <laughs> right? It's semantics. It's semantics. You still won. Yeah, we did a hood slide, um, our second one. I, I think I lost that one, too. But what I need now, <laughs> gents, is what is the next competition we're going to have? What is the next dynamic shooting Hollywood position that we should do? What oh, do you think? Hollywood, you got to yeah. go dual pistol competition where you're shooting at the same time. That's pure Hollywood. Yeah, with the, slide, absolute but, but the slides over Desperado. a bar. You got to do yeah, a over Desperado. A bar. Yeah, Despar type, uh, oh, there you go. Desperado's got some good gun work. Where we shoot each other? You don't have to shoot each other, but it make good entertainment. We have a hole in the show. Yeah. <laughs> That's not cool at all, dude. We're going to jump on the bar and do the backslide, shooting the target. Oh, on the bar. That's pretty so intense. sliding backwards. Two pistols, 
Oh, I don't care. Just two pistols being shot simultaneously at something. A la Reservoir oh, Dogs. That's what he did. No, he jumped off the bar. Remember that? Yeah. He jumped off the bar and was shooting up. So you could jump off the bar and land on a mat, and the target will be... Up above us. Um, I don't know. That's pretty, I'm yeah, go that's pretty with, intense. We're, yeah, that's like next <laughs> level. I need stunt coordinators. Yeah, I yeah, like like uh, die hard when they come screaming in and Bruce Willis sliding that... That police car in, the door opens up, he steps out while it's sliding and shoots the... I've actually seen that on YouTube, a couple guys doing that. That's pretty intense. We probably should uh, oh, yeah, I'm not that reminds gonna... me of a good one, Marcus. It reminds me of a good one. You guys should just break glass all over the floor, take your shoes off, and do, <laughs> yeah, do range drills me. on broken glass. Dude. Just see who can take it. Are you twisted? Are you honestly twisted? I mean, you're serious. <laughs> That's the message. Gary Busey from Lethal Weapon, a helo shot. Grabbing helo shot. Bro, we then we gotta rent a helicopter. Well you're the one that you yeah. Oh, there's hey. guidelines here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean what is this? He asked for our expertise. All right. Uh, I don't know. Jump in the swimming, go down the slide. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna do the next one will be double pistols at the same time. Who gets the most kill shots? That's what we'll do. All right. He doesn't know that. All right. Welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford. This is Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell, with the infamous, the incredible, the omnipotent wizard. You do just keep getting better with that. I, I call you it. omnipotent. Anybody's it. gonna love that shit. Are you kidding me? You just told me I, to go walk on fucking glass, I'm and I'm calling you omnipotent. What the hell was I thinking? Holy sweet baby Jesus! All right, welcome to the podcast, man. If you're a first time listener, stand by because this show is gonna be awesome. We're bringing on one of our own. Somebody's near and dear to me, man. You are gonna love Sean on the show today. Uh, if you want to know more, oh wait, repeat offenders. If you are a repeat offender, <laughs> we need to address our delinquents. Yeah, yeah. If you are a repeat <laughs> offender, we effing love you, man. We can't take enough of you. We love you, and we want to have you back. Uh, more and more. W thank you so much. Without you guys, the show wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be where we at. We wouldn't be closing in on six million plus da yes, downloads. Sir. Thank you. Um, mm, the Kingsman. What? Good gunfight scene, the Kingsman. <laughs> and out of left field. Oh, it's in my head now, dude. That's stuck in there like that. What, what's, what's his name? <laughs> what's that guy's name in that movie? Oh, yeah, it's in there for, for days. And then it'll zip past. They're like, I got it. No, I lost it. You'll be watching this every night for the next month. <laughs> Matrix, that was a good one. Oh, I, maybe we should try the Matrix, Dodge. We should shoot at each other and see if we can do it. That's your suggestion, wouldn't it, Wizard? Thanks for nothing. All right. So <laughs> welcome to the TNQ podcast. This is going to be your biggest video, by the way. It might be. It, yeah. If you want to know more about what it is we do and why we do it, please visit our, our website at tnqpodcast.com where you can also check out. We have these wonderful submissions from our. <laughs> our Predator. <laughs> Predator dudes. <laughs> And in that movie, they let them, those actors line up and discharge. That's that whole scene that was supposed to be a joke. It's really? When the yeah, it was supposed to be really? a joke, right? It was? Yeah, and they just started going to town. And they just unloaded. Unloaded. They're just going to uh, cut the jungle down. 
kind of knocking the jungle down. I don't down. think there's been a single platoon that has ever not done that in, uh, in uh, IAS. Yeah, IAS, yeah. Where everybody course, gets online and expends every mag mm-hmm, left in there. Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We did that at Fort Chaffee once, and they got that beautiful th- th- 280 range out there. Yeah. We would do it, and at the end of every night, the entire hillside would be on fire. Dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the woods, <laughs> on the side there. Rounds, yeah. Enough tracer yeah. rounds to Literally, catch the You can chop one of those. Those big trees down and use it for oh! a pencil. For a pencil, there's so much lead in it. I mean, I, 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 Remember the sixties? Oh! First time you ever hear one of them. That's why you love them. Oh They're no, late. you it, don't, dude. When that thing opens up, no, that when the two sixty gunners are next to you. Oh no, uh, one poor, moves yeah. up to your face and your left-handed brass. shooter, and it's going ding. <laughs> and the other, ding, one's and the other one, your cheek. Pu- yeah, the one puts brass in my cheek. Thank you, Dave. And Lee moves <laughs> back behind this ear. So the blast is popping. So I'm going bang, bang. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. Um, so check out our our listener write-in stories. Great, amazing story. If you've got one, please write in your story, whether it's heat. God, dude, how do we forget about heat, man? Right? Right. Dude, heat, man. I forgot about right. that. Great. Write in your greatest never quit story about your mom, your brother, your cousin, and everybody you know. Um, please share this show with someone you care deeply for, someone you know that's struggling. Someone just teach them how to subscribe on their iTunes podcast. Scarface, <laughs> dude, when he comes out, say hello to, to my little friend. friend. Dude, I mean, it's a one-time shot. Uh, Scarface. God, I forgot about that one, dude. Man. <laughs> Oh, we have merchandise. Merch. We have merchandise. Merch. Go to the podcast website. Check out our Team Never Quit podcast t-shirts and other merchandise. You will love it. Wear it while you're driving to work. Wear it at car. While you're listening to it. While you got me in your head 24 hours. While you have Wizard hammering me, making me crawl through glass. And, and while we have Marcus constantly bringing back Great movie scenes. If you want to follow us also on on social media, go ahead and follow Marcus at Marcus Luttrell. I'm at Team Frog Logic and the Wizard. Man, he's on social media still. It's been months now. He hasn't quit. I've been kicked he, off or quit. I thank God you aren't putting any crazy political stuff out there yet. You're no. not going to do that, are you? I don't know where this path will lead. <laughs> I love it. All right. Wizard, give us a two-second bio on Sean Ryan, uh, Vigilance Elite, just so we can get him on here. Two seconds? Yeah. Uh, he's a Navy SEAL. He's here to talk to us. Come on. Navy SEAL, combat deployment. Navy SEAL. He got into the teens pretty young. I mean, like 18 years old. He, he was, was a baby. He was probably had no facial hair at this point, right? Not even He's one through of those, SQT. You know I, those guys I remember. Like in, in Buds, like the ones. That he, was he the youngest in the class? Yes. I mean, by he far. was the youngest yep. in the class. Yep. He goes through, does two pumps, one at uh, Team 2, and I believe one at Team 8, right? He These are both combat deployments. Leaves the teams, goes directly into working for the Central Intelligence Agency. Da-da-da. Doing many. Dirty Harry. <laughs> Dirty Harry, dude. <laughs> I mean, one liners, right? Oh, classic. The original, Make My Day. So are, so, are you saying within every contest he and I have, should we have to have one liners, two new one liners? Oh, oh, I thought that was. A, a oh, part you should of the put contest? in like mental agility skills in between some of this dude, stuff. Come on. 
I can't combine all that shit together. <laughs> I did be cheat like, hey, on we the should, first uh... two already. I, if, it, if I get any worse, everybody's going to know, all right? I am, I'm already cheating, damn it. You mind right. if I go back? Please. So, Sean, yes, um, he starts taking fun, adventurous trips with uh, the country's most um, uh, interesting expeditionary entertainment company, the Central Intelligence Agency. Damn. <clears throat> Working around the world in uh, many different... Uh, Actually, I think it was about 14 different countries, AOs, that, that he, he did some serious work in. He gets out of there. Um, his project right now is Vigilance Elite, which is a training, um, primarily training company. And I know he's working with some very interesting clientele, uh, particularly someone he was talking about, which we can't mention right now, but everybody's going to find out about it soon. Yep. They also sell merchandise and things like that, and uh, it was interesting. I had a conversation with him last night about he's got a, a unique approach to this, which seems Equilibrium. to be really effective. You remember that movie, Equilibrium? <laughs> like, they made that karate movie out of gunplay. Remember that? Oh, with, with Christian Bale? Oh, God. Equilibrium. <laughs> Nowhere near as cool as the John Ryan. Well, what do you say, Ryan. gents? Should we bring one of our own on the show? Let's do it. Do we dare? Pete! I-N-K-Y Pinky is Pinky Marcus! 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 What do we have? One of our own. Jinx. Jinx. Shit! I swear to God, you know I'm I'm onto that. Axe and Annie are doing it. Oh. I heard I heard it from the bedroom. Jinx! My girls are like, what? My Ugh. girls yeah. are doing it, but they have like six things that Jinx, double oh, yeah, tap, plug in here, but in coke. Yeah, I like what? Double back tap. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd do that one too, but I I beat you to it though. That's, so that's right. insanity, and that's why our children today are struggling. But today Do they still get to hit each other? Do they hit each other? No, no, or is are you kidding me? Violent today. I, I'd go to child services if my kids started hitting each other like punch bug stuff back in the day. Oh mine do. Is that, that, do is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. you can't like have kids. I like to hear that. I like to hear that. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> so today, bro, not only do we have one of our own. But we have one of our own, mm -hmm. man. A true brother from another mother. A true man of the same cloth. A true brother in the fight of positivity. So, you know, when I told you guys he was coming on, man, you're like, yes. And then I said, you know what? Wait till you see. Wait till you hear his explosive personality on the show. That you are literally gonna have to strap into your seats and have to hold on to your hats with this guy, Marcus. I'm telling you. He might be sitting over there quiet right now, but I'm telling you, stand by. Like a grenade when you pull a pin. Bro, he is a grenade of positivity. <laughs> I'm telling you what. But right now he's said. got his face buried in his hands wondering <laughs> what the fuck he's doing on this show <laughs> to be perfectly honest for everyone who can't see what's going on here oh brother i love you i told it'd be fun <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages welcome mr sean ryan brother thanks for coming on thanks for having me dude <laughs> 
<laughs> we told you it was a dynamo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you love having Mr. Rogers the last couple senses. I got Welcome a- to our neighborhood. It's high intensity. And then it's just like, hey, how you doing? I, I'm going to start wearing a sweater, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was a Navy SEAL sniper in Vietnam. I heard, I heard that, that story, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually pulled up some Mr. Rogers videos on YouTube the other, back a little while ago. Not yesterday, but I don't remember now, but it's not like I remembered it. Because I, I, I always heard that SEAL sniper tattoos yeah. down to his wrist. Yeah, kind of now. Now, he's been in public broadcasting since he was 16 years old. That's a great story, though, isn't it? Beautiful. They're coming out right. with a documentary on it that's fantastic, man. I love Mr. Rogers. Oh, that'd, be a great, I, that'd be a great movie. Mr. It'd be dude. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, but then the side thing would be him. After the show, he goes out and, and does mer- mer- merch stuff. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's the movie I want to I want to star like when in. When he walks dude. out of the house, he closes the door, he gets on a Harley, he's tatted up. Like, well, <laughs> there's a new show coming out, a new movie with Jim Carrey, where he's this big time child, like guy, like Mister Rogers, and then he loses his marbles. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it looks pretty insane. Huh. Anyway, Sean, brother, thank you so much for coming out, and thank you so much for bringing your pals with us too to capture the true essence of our dynamic interaction. My pleasure, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> Well, let I mean, me tell you. Go ahead. What? I mean, I haven't seen you since what, like two days ago. Two days. Right down the street. <laughs> yeah, right down the. Literally, he lives like two minutes from my house, right? And it's like, hey, man, what are you doing? Nothing. You want to come over? Yep. All right. <laughs> I'm in Texas. Okay, that's different. What are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. You come over. Yeah. <laughs> that was literally the conversation on the phone. When we were kids, right? We had the landline. We doing nothing. We doing nothing. You do something. Yeah. You come over. No, I'll be right over. over. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, anyways, brother, thank you so much for being on a show. Now, one of the things you got to understand, right, is we got to get warmed up, bro. Yeah. We got to get warmed we up. We do. We got to get warmed up. And unfortunately, there's no, there's no long strips of payment where I could beat you in a ninja slide. Yeah, that never happened. There's no hoods. I, I watched that video. What'd you think? He probably shouldn't bring that up because I know, dude. I won, and I won the hood slide, and I won them all, and I'm gonna win the next okay, one. Be- Superfly Snooky. Yeah, the fly, the fly, the fly. The tragic part was his hood slide, dude. I thought it was technically proficient. You're a Navy SEAL, man. You. Oh, the Uh-oh. forward combat wow. role. Did you hear that? The hood slide. Did you hear that? How it's that thing is like a dudes. geriatric hood slide. Oh, <laughs> ouch, dude. I don't that... mean that in a bad way. Of course not. Didn't sound like that at all. I didn't catch you that. You mean I that with even... all due respect? Dude, jump right? on! Don't jump on their team. You're on my no, team. My point was, let me it's finish. I, was like, our team, I didn't Marcus. get to the line where it's like I, I didn't even catch the sarcasm in that one. Oh, thank uh, you, yeah. thank you, thank you. I'm a little sensitive about my hood slide capability. All right, so we got to get warmed up. All right, and we're gonna stretch out that gray matter in that head of yours, right? That thick head of yours. we're gonna stretch out your gray matter with the mad minute now it's not the mad minute we used to roll with at the agency it's not the mad minute that of anything like you ever learned in any kind of cool guy interrogation shit 
This is the Mad Minute that will break your mind. It is going to humble you down to your knees because these are the hardest questions you have ever faced in your life. Well, bring it on, dude. All right. Marcus, fire away. Favorite superhero? Deadpool. Oh, of course. Ryan does such a great job bringing that dude online. Please come on our show, Ryan. <laughs> How many times do we have to say that? <laughs> Please come on, Ryan. I mean, we ought to just. That's do always it. our Deadpool kick when someone brings him up. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. The wizard hit the light. Deadpool kick. Hey, Deadpool, Ryan. You're a great actor. I thought you shot a, should have won an Academy Award for uh, Green Lantern. But we're glad that you did. You're doing Deadpool and as former SF guys, if you ever need anything. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Wizard. All right. Uh, if, if you could take any animal and make it the size of an elephant, which one would you choose and why? Oof. Uh, Wait, what? I've never. That's a new one. That just hurt my brain right there thinking about that. A Brussels Griffon. <laughs> well, that just broke my brain. I don't know what that is. I just think it'd be fucking hilarious to see. <laughs> What a Brussels Griffon. Google it. That sounds like a French pastry. What? The- yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta Google it. I, I Roger that. Uh, bring it up, wizard. What's that thing like look like? Furry fucking bat. It's a bat that a is dog, size, but it looks like a bat. That's the size. So- the- <laughs> Holy! Cow. I don't know. It looks like some silly dog eat stuff in your purse. Yeah, but not the size of an elephant. That's a big purse, dude. That's a giant purse. Oh, once the seeing. size of an elephant, it would be a formidable adversary. Oh, my God. What is happening? I'm going back to an old faithful. All right? All right, here you go. If you could go back in history, anytime, right? Anytime. We got the coolest time travel machine there is. Go back in history and get totally annihilated with somebody for like a day. Who would it be, and when? Oof. He's going. George back. Washington. Oh, nice, nice. When in his career? Right after Christmas. Awesome. <laughs> but you know, he wouldn't drink with you. I don't think. You know what I mean? It could be there though. Right after know. when I came back. That's uh, yeah. I mean, that'd be cool. Not during, but cool. after. After yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Check. That. All right. I love it. Yep. Fire away. All right, brother. If all jobs paid the same, what would you be doing? Ooh, great question, dude. I'd be doing right what I'm doing right now. See, that's what yeah! I said to you, man. I didn't <laughs> even know money was a thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Getting paid to be a Navy SEAL was, was an extra. Yep. $32,000 a year, bud. No. <laughs> Three hots in a cut, home mess chief. Oh, dude. Deep, what was what what'd they call your uh, pay for living off base? B-A-H. B-A-H, and I blew every dime of it, li- and, and more, living in the beach every On time. Booze. Oh, right. eight, of, eight of us got this huge house, so rent was nothing since every, everyone was in a different platoon or in a different cycle. There's probably about two guys at the house. At, at any, any given time? time? Yeah, so you had your pick of the litter from the cars. It was a problem when everyone showed up. Because <laughs> then it was a race to the house. So you got the beds, the couch, then the mattress in the, in the kitchen, and stuff like that. But other than that, man, that's kind of what I tell young guys when you come out. Like, man, just put half your paycheck away where you can't touch it, then get a house with a bunch of dudes and be a warrior. Animal house. How many of them listened? <laughs> no, I don't not think one. Any of them them I was ten thousand dollars in debt when I got out. That's great advice, though. It is. Really? Great I wasn't. Advice. I really? followed it. It was good. You did follow that advice. Came out of the Navy, everything, I'll put it to you like this, 
my arrangement was when I got out, I was going to go to med school or if I met my wife, everything was going to go on her finger and we'd start over together. Really? Holy shit. Uh, That's impressive, bro. That is impressive. You've seen her ring. Uh, Yeah, it's hard not to see it. That's what I came out of the Navy (laughs) with. You bought that ring with everything you'd save in the Navy. Yeah. God bless you, dude. That's squared away. That's impressive. That is. All right, wizard, yeah, fire away. Either. All right, all right. If uh, you were a bumper sticker somewhere. Hey, what? <laughs> you know what we need to do? That's where I get all my good ideas. Yeah, so I a bumper sticker. I, I need to start pressing you, Sean, on, you know, when it's going to happen here with you and your loved one over there, dude. But we'll talk about that later. But we'll talk about that later. All right. I'm the only one sitting over here. <laughs> what are we doing? He's going to ask you to marry him. Mm. What's, what's my table doing? Yeah. <laughs> Fire it! <laughs> All right, if you were standing in the airport at this very moment and an airline handed you a free travel voucher anywhere in the world and you had to use it immediately, where would you go and why? Damn, you guys are on point today. Holy cow. You can't go home. You can't pack bags. You just... Gotta go. Anywhere. Australia. Australia. Ooh, why? I didn't think I'd go to Australia. Why? Because I haven't been there. And, what is it uh, about good Australia? Place. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just always wanted to check it out, man. Kangaroos. Like koalas. Crocodiles. Oh, dude, why? I don't you know. know how deadly my favorite those movie things as a are? kid. Crocodile Other than Dundee? Navy SEALs. Yeah. You see the second one's coming out with Danny McBride? I did. He's his kid. <laughs> you see how funny that looks? Oh, man, that's going to be good. Oh, God. Dude, that's going to be good. Wait, so what would you do when you got there? Go hang out with crocodiles, I guess. I guess, man. I don't know what the hell I would do. I guess I'd... Uh, go in the outback, eh? Go on a walkabout? Get stung in the chest. Uh, I'm not even going to go there. All right. Let's <laughs> not. I, I didn't. I kind of liked him. I, I did too. I thought he was great. Liked him, dude. I awesome. love that man. It was His great. Kids are awesome too. You're awesome. Right. <laughs> you're awesome, man. <laughs> no, you, you guys right. are you guys, awesome. You're awesome. awesome. You guys, you're awesome. Table, love you. You're, you guys are awesome. All right, fire away. Awesome. All right, brother. If you could call yourself five years into the future, what would you ask yourself? Oh, dude. Am I happy? Ah, yeah, that was ah, how we doing. Dude, yeah, that's awesome. how we doing. How we doing? That's awesome, man. Yeah. That is a great question. I'd call and ask myself for winning lottery numbers, and then I'd know I was happy. Money done, money done Look not buy happiness. Mm, I promised I could buy a lot of happiness for three hundred million dollars. Manipulating the future, manipulating the future. Have no problem with that. Have you not seen Back to the Future? Biff and- got the Biff gets the damn book. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh. Come on, it's been played out. We got it already. We you can't, you can't, you can't cheat time, man. Can't cheat time. All right, fire away, dude. I think I saw that on a bumper sticker, too. That, that's All right, I if took it. you could possess someone's body for one month, completely anonymously, who would it be and what would you do? Is this anybody in history or present time? And anyone. anyone. In history or present? Possess their body. Mm-hmm. Oh, I already know. Make the decisions. You could talk for them. You go where oh, they go. I you... know. Probably my girlfriend. Oh, Wow. Great answer. I'd like to fuck with her. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd like to sleep with myself. <laughs> or fuck with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I want to sleep with myself. I want to sleep with myself. 
<laughs> That's some deep shit. I'm wondering how what they really think about me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's really going on. Here. I know what you're telling me, but I want to know what's going on out ahead here. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, with that movie with Mel, what women want when he could read? Yeah. Oh my god! That's hell. hell. Hip That'd be hell. The hip thrust. Oh, oh, sweet Jesus! All right, Marcus. Last question. It's your turn. It is. Did Thanks, I skip uh, myself? All right, here you go. What's the one thing on your bucket list you got that you know there's no doubt you're not going to pass up? That I'm not going to pass up. I want to train a movie star. <laughs> that is, I'm not sure. That's pretty good. That's for a, for a shooting instructor. That's a pretty good bucket list item right there, dude. Yeah. You want to be a movie star? Did I hear that right? You want to be? I, I train one. Oh, you want yeah, to train one? I just want to train one. Showcase my product. Oh, nice. In theaters. Nice. Yeah. I dig it. Maybe That's the greatest happen. part about having kids. Right? Yeah, man. What? Dump I- everything you are and everything you think you know about yourself and into d- them. Into them and see God, what, see what turns out. I hope not. At least I hope I do it in a way where my daughters aren't doing keg stands on balconies on the 12th floor of a, an apartment building in college. Uh, yeah, we all pray for that one. Right? Fathers of daughters. Right? It's a little different. You got axe, man. I can't and sit Hunter, there. And, uh, yeah. and Lincoln and Gunner. Well, we were look at more, Hunter right now is I mean, an intern a, at the Chive, for Christ's sake. He's not having a good time, is he? Dude. <laughs> you know, well, I, I know John. Dude, Rose, he didn't miserable. give me an intern. He gave you one? Dude. I didn't I know. Know. Did you I, didn't, didn't I didn't even I get. Didn't, I didn't get one. That's a good point, dude. I, I didn't even had him on the, our show. He yeah. hasn't even invited us up to hang out. I got an intern for you in chest deep water. <laughs> 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 oh, all right. Thanks for doing that, John. By the way, yeah. Bravo, Zulu. I go. Nope, we're done. Okay. <laughs> You got ask him a question. You got one? You got a good one? All right, yo. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you give somebody? Oh, that is a good one to end on. Shit can your ego. Awesome. That's a powerful one. Yeah. Or sure. wear somebody else's. I like that. Oh, interesting. What do you, you mean by that? Ego. Like find somebody that that's weaker than you and, and walk a day in their shoes, man. Live out their ego. Dude, what's happening to this general side of the room right now? Something profound, some crazy kind of brain activity. Brain activity is happening. Can can you catch that on film? You guys getting that? That could be it, right? When team guys, when they—that's how we start performers when they pull our sleeve, right? And that's how you debate. (laughs) What? 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 All right. Where are we? That is the mad. What do you got on that wizard? That's like fifteen. I've got eleven minutes and forty three seconds. That's what I got too. The mad eleven minute forty three seconds. Sean, thank you very much for your participation and your profound answers. See Randall when you head out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Parking validation. Validate your parking. All right, brother. We love to have fun. We appreciate it, but you know the deal. And we've been talking about this since you know I started doing the show and and. I am very blessed to have you down the road for me, and you've been a tremendous influence on my life. And so I thought it would be a wonderful idea for you to be able to come on here and share, you know, a piece of yourself with our listeners. Because our listeners are here. They come back because they're all going through something, just like most people in the world. 
but yet they're looking for something from our guests, that little, that little gem, that little pearl, that little, that little spark that ignites the fire in the gut so they can climb in to that combat of life, start going toe-to-toe with the negative insurgency, and really begin to cultivate the never-quit mindset. So, Sean, my brother, without further ado, would you please share with our listeners your greatest never-quit story or stories? My pleasure. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on, man. Like, fucking honor. So, it really is. You guys have top-notch dudes on here all the time. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I thought a lot about this ever since, you know, you invited me on or, you know, told me you're thinking about it and... I think mine is like transitioning, man, getting out of the, you know, the war zones and coming home and taking that next step. I mean, that's a no shitter. It is. You know? Real, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. you don't, you know, you don't think about it until it's right there in front of you and it's like, holy shit, you know? So well, tell us, tell us what it was like. I mean, when, tell us your time, you know, at the end of your time in your teams, what, what was that like? Were you like, oh shit? Or were you like, oh, this will be easy? No, I mean, I, I regretted that for a long time. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't have that much time in the teams and, uh, you know, like six years and got out. I, you know, and, uh, I was like going to go back in and then I was like, you know what? Fuck it, man. I'm going to try it. If I don't like it, I can always go back. And, um, I got out lasted maybe a year. If that, where were uh, you and where'd you come out of and, and what, what was going on? Uh, I just, I extended for a year, uh, so that I could finish, uh, my last deployment. When'd you punch out? Oh, six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, six. And, um, went to St. Yeah. Came out of SEAL team two, uh, went to St. Louis, Missouri and thought I wanted to flip houses. So I became a fucking realtor. (laughs) Did you, did you do the one week course? Did you do the one week course? I did the one week course. And remember you when know? people's cell phones were going off during the instructor and you wanted to like strangle them? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. To, you know, Dude, 06. That's when, in 07, in backup, I remember team guys were buying houses everywhere. Oh. Like team guys were buying houses. Blood. Yeah. This is right before the big crash. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you know who actually kind of like, I was Dom Razzo, man. That <laughs> dude built like a freaking empire you know <laughs> yeah, in virginia did. beach and i was like holy shit i need to do that <laughs> and uh got out didn't work so <laughs> like driving around in a car dude and i would have you know i was cheap you know i had no money blowing it all on shit in the teams and driving around with 50 pages of map quest getting pissed off because my client can't tell me where to go you know right or left and be like where the hell are we going are we going right or are we going left like make up and, uh, yeah like, some old lady in her purse going, dude, oh i mean God. i mean shit i was right out of afghanistan you know? <laughs> literally like, yeah and uh how fast was it i mean you got back from deployment and when were you like were they giving you your plaque and you were walking out the door yeah i mean it was like that really was, yeah i got home Almost, you know, I had some terminal leave. I went home and was going to re- re-enlist. And, uh, like, they had all the papers ginned up. And I was like, no, nope, I got to at least try this. Otherwise, I'll kick myself in the ass. And, you know, that's back when, you know, Damn Neck was 
growing. Yep. And uh, that was the, during the big pull, right? Yeah. Yep. No. And yep. uh, all my everybody, it was either you're going over there or you're getting out. And um, you know, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna get out." Wow. And try it. Same with me. So yeah, then I went to college. That didn't last. How was that? What were you like in college as a freshman? Oh, dude, it's horrible. <laughs> I, remember, I remember taking a speech class, and this fucking kid was like shooting spit wads, like eighteen years old, you know. And like I said, I, all this was quick. You know what I mean? Realtor didn't work. School didn't work. And this guy's, you know, it's fucking class clown. <laughs> I yanked his ass out of his desk and like drug him into the hallway because I wanted to learn. You know? I was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there to like. I'm fuck serious, around. damn it. <laughs> well, you know how I am. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that did, that went over like a fart in church. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I went to a fire academy, and uh, I got my EMT. Went to a fire academy, and yeah, that's when you know one of our buddies, you know, called me up and was like, "Hey, you know, I'll, there's a special program you might want to try out for." And special. I was like, "Well, what is it?" Like, I can't tell you. I, I whispered like that, too. I can't tell you on the phone. I was like, don't <laughs> right. we got started. We started talking. It's yeah. like, the more special, it's like, the quieter we get. Like, we, yeah. Just by nature. Like, I can't tell you. Yeah. We're collecting all of Uncle you Sam's. You should really try out for this yeah. thing. What is it? I can't tell you. Like, <laughs> well, then I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what happened. I said, fuck it. Let's do it. That sounds yeah. great. That sounds good. How much does it pay? I can't tell you. Ooh, good. good. Better. That's how much where, I want. Where am I going? I can't tell yeah. you. I'm in. Give me a resume. <laughs> yeah, right? What's a resume? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so, yeah, and then, I, you know, we know where I went from there, you know, working for the agency and uh, did that for... Like right around nine years and nine yeah. years, bro. Yeah, dude, I did two years and was ready to bail. Man, I don't know how. How many? How many trips? You you know, it's like twenty five. Yeah, 20? it's like I I've, I've been I it's over twenty. I couldn't like I, when I sat down and like wrote them down once, like all the shit that I could remember, like little things that happened on each deployment, and it was uh, it was like twenty something. It was over twenty. <sighs> Oh yeah. my gosh! There's a lot of fucking time. That's man. crazy. It's awesome. But it is awesome, but awesome. that's painful stuff. That's that ain't that ain't team guy deployments either. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. It was it was time to. What was you know, the face thing? The music. What was the thing? Like, I mean, I remember when we ran into each other in in 2010, and you had been doing it for a while, and I, I just remember that animosity you had of you know the it was like you were on the hamster wheel and i remember always i every everybody i'd always run into i'd ask all right what's your what's your exit strat what's your plan what are you gonna do and and you you're like i have no idea i'm gonna open a bar i'm gonna sell houses i i don't know stop asking me what i'm gonna do yeah. right yeah so what was it that was like all right this is it i i'm done uh i mean there was a, there was a lot of things but um you know there was a lot of good times and a lot of not good times. And uh, I had to do something to stand up for my team, and I did. And I knew if I did it that I wouldn't ever come back. And um, <laughs> I never went back. You yeah. know, like I kind of like, you know. <laughs> do you want an aisle own, or a window? It, it pretty much. It was, <laughs> it was, like, <laughs> it was like, all right, I'm going to do this, and I'm out. 
fuck it, mic drop, you know? So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, I just, I, I did not want the option to go back because I knew I would. Right. And this felt like the right time to do it. And isn't it crazy how it, the contracting becomes, there's this safety net mechanism of it, right? It's not like, all right, my, my, you know, my safety net is I'm going to go sell insurance or my safety net is I'm going to go work at Walmart. It's like, no, my safety net is I'm going to go be a contractor, you know, and, and how just utterly dysfunctional the lifestyle is anyways for relationships, for consistency, for all that stuff. But yet that's where we think a default place to live is. Yeah. And breaking that cycle is not easy. I mean, I didn't have nearly the time you had and ending it because my ex had said, if you go back again, we're done. I mean, I guess ultimately I should have gone back anyways, right? But uh, <laughs> that might have been it sooner. Hindsight's <laughs> <Right>? 2020. Hindsight's <laughs> 2020. So don't, don't bring him into it. He's got personal knowledge of all that. But <laughs> <laughs> so, but still making the separation. Fi- in a final way, that's got to be rough in and of itself, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, it is it is the fucking hardest thing I've ever done. It was harder than, it's, and it still is grind, you know? Like, it was harder than buds. It was harder than the deployments. It was, you know, um, because, you know, like, even when you leave the teams, like, you got that brotherhood, and, you know, you know, I mean, shit, you know your teammates better than you know your own fucking family. I think it's coming off the streets. If you, you go know. into jail and you're like rehabilitated, I'm, getting, I'm going out. I'm starting to change. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Start doing it. What's our fallback? Our physical abilities is what we're capable of. It's almost like we're crime. I say it crime-wise, the, the, the legal version of it. Yeah. It's just as addicting as the other side, I would imagine. Oh, I think you're Brings, spot on there. You know what I mean? It it makes sense even with the guys who come out of prison and go and they try and do good and they do a crime like just one crime like just one up i'll just go oh, one more time you know get your ass killed or throw it back yeah. in, a, in jail. It, it really is like that it's like one more deployment one more it, i hear it's that an addiction. all the time yeah. it's a deeper it, mm, and it's yeah. not i mean it's definitely i mean the money's good for sure but it's the addiction of the camaraderie i believe yeah. you have to have it i think it's everything man like you know i remember like thinking like just one more, one more, one more platoon, you know, go to damn neck, do one more reenlistment, one, you know, at the agency, one more, you know, oh shit, this new place is coming around and I might be able to get some, you know, and what I thought about it when I, you know, when I was making those decisions, uh, punching out, I was like, fuck, you know, like it's never, it's never going to be enough. You could, you know, do a hundred million raids and you know what dude like you're gonna want to do a hundred million in one One. and then you talk Mm -hmm. i I know you know we sit down a lot and talk about this we have over the last few years and and one of the things you always talk about is the train going on yeah can you talk a little bit about knowing that and did you feel that in that time and space yeah i mean both when I left the teams, you know, and, you know, the agency, like, I got, you know, I remember getting out of the teams and buying my little house in St. Louis, you know, and, you know, you still try to keep in touch with those guys. And, <laughs> Who? You know, you, yeah, you know, it's like, I remember talking to them and they're like, yeah, dude, last night we just got in a fucking gunfight. And, like, I was, like, halfway through my last mag 
you know, with zero frags left. And I'm like, man, like I, sh-, you know, like it fucking eats you up. And, you know, same. You well, know, the, the, the worst part is the time goes on and then the conversations are shorter. What are yeah. we doing? And then they're uh, they, and then there's nothing. I know, you know, you want to hear exactly right. You know, and, you know, and you got to realize, like, that's what I say. Like, you know, that fucking train's going to roll with or without you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's designed to do that. Thank God. It's very effective. That's by design. It is by design. Like, those guys don't, you know, come back from the op and, you know, like you were saying last (laughs) night, you know, like. Hey, where's Rut? Hey, let's call Rut and talk and tell him how awesome it was, right? Yeah. You know, it's. (laughs) It's basically. It's the come down from the rush. You know what I mean? And you weren't there for it. And, you know, you like the quicker you come to terms with the, that train is leaving without your ass. You know, those boys have got a job to do and they don't fucking need you anymore. It's and, the one thing is Navy SEALs we don't get good at. Yeah. No. Walking away. No. How can you? Oh, you can't. That's not even in the program. <laughs> it's like we never trained for defeat. There's insertion and extract and not that not the defeat. Well, like we don't train to. And we talk about this all the time, right? They do such an exceptional job at programming us for being on the line. Why would they ever want to program you for coming off the line? It's not their job. It's not their responsibility. And it would be a detriment to the capability of the mission. Unfortunately, <laughs> you do that much. You change a human being that much. And I say this all the time, if you teach somebody to walk a thousand miles into the forest and you don't teach them how to walk a thousand miles out, you've got one wandering lost son of a bitch in the middle of the forest. Yes, you do. So tell us about that process. When you were done, you knew you were done. That was it. What happened? I mean, dude, I mean, you just... Like, I had no plan, you know? I was like, well, shit, like, here I am, you know, sitting, like, with nothing to do, you know? So, and, you know, I was already, you know, pretty much an alcoholic, you know? I couldn't fucking sleep, you know? I ruined all my family relationships, um, and so I was pretty much just a boozer, dude, you know? And that doesn't even mean going out partying anymore. I was kind of done with that, and so I just... It was pretty depressing. I'd sit in my house and drink and uh, do, like, bullshit house projects. And then, uh, you know, a real good friend of mine that we both know uh, got out, and, you know, he was in bad shape, and that became, like, my fucking purpose. You know, I had no purpose, and... That was your new mission. That was my new mission, and... um, No, I remember sitting there that day... When we got, when he got close and we were all together at your table, man, and I saw it and heard it in your voice when you called me, you're like, Hey man, you know, come on over. And and I was, and I remember being there and it was like, there was some life back in you. Yeah. And, um, but you know, to be honest with you, like all that did was just, I wasn't paying attention to myself and what I needed. And it was all, you know, I dumped all my energy into, you know, my buddy. I mean, that's what we're fucking trained to do, right? You mm-hmm. know, take care of each other. And, and, um, so, you know, then when he left, you know, he was living with me for a while. Then I, it was time, I needed to get some fucking help, man. And, uh, 
like I had nobody, you know, and so I did. I finally went and got some help, and I remember, like, you know, I was like, ah, I don't know what the fuck I'm even doing in here, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I started talking, and, you know, I couldn't sleep, but, you know, I remember my dad telling me, like, oh, you need to meditate, go to a, go to a quiet <laughs> room, and, like, and, you know, get some peace and quiet, I'm like, when I go to a fucking quiet room, all I hear is beep, <laughs> right? You know, fucking tinnitus, uh-huh. right? And so I didn't even know what the hell. I thought everybody had that shit. That's why I've, my dad would say that, and I'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about, dude?" There's no like, such quiet, thing as like, a quiet room. I hate it. You know, sounds like in the middle of the night when the TV goes to that when the channel stops broadcasting. It like, ex- you know what I mean? Like, oh, turn the TV like, off and it's off. It's like the worst, the dude. Like, you want to torture me, dude? Put me in a quiet room with no sound. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Forget waterboarding. Holy. Just peace and quiet. I right? hate it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and so anyways, um, yeah, I couldn't sleep. I'm drinking, you know, like two bottles a day of vodka. I got my, my nightstand was full of mini bottles. My freezer's full of flasks. And I bought a wine fridge, and it was completely stocked with vodka. And I would just steady drink all day long. And then, you know, night would come by, you know, time to go to bed. Nobody ever wants to go to bed because, you know, with us, like, I tell people, you know, like, going to bed, like, oh, well, you know, I can't sleep. And I'm, for me, it was, it's not like fucking nightmares and all that kind of shit. It's the wheels are spinning, man. Yep. You know, and can't there's nothing it. to do. And so I tell people, it's like, when you break up, it's kind of like, it's not the same, but you know, like when you break up with, you know, with the chick that you love or something and that pain, you go to bed and there's nothing else to think about. There's nothing else to do. And it's like that for us. I was the way I try to explain it. I watch a movie that I've seen 500 times, but it's a good movie. It's coming on at 2 AM when I'm supposed to be going to bed. I'm like, Oh, I got to watch this. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. Do you have a movie that puts you to sleep? Oh, man, yeah. We were talking about this yesterday. Melly won't even let me watch Big Lebowski anymore because of the telephone scene. And then I have my nighttime movies, too. Yeah. You know, John Wick, uh, you know, it's pretty weird. What's crazy like, is American that. American Psycho. That I, I puts to go you to, to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I go to sleep right? to American Psycho. And, because you watch them so many times on the board. Because the yeah. they're dark yeah. movies. Yeah. Snatch, stuff like, you know, yeah. The, so when I got married, that, when I first started going to bed, I'd put that on. And Melly's like, no more war movies, no more killing, no more Jason Bourne. <laughs> uh, now that's Nemo. And, uh, you know, <laughs> like Dude, mine's, Nemo. mine's Harry Potter. Yeah, uh, when, is it really? like, No bullshit. I, that's Mor- Morgan's is Harry Potter, too. And Pirates no like, shit. Only the first one. Yeah, the first one. Only the first yeah. one. And it puts you out. It, dude, I watch it every night. And the Matrix. The every first Matrix. night. Holy shit, that's interesting. I don't know if, like, you know, I don't know what it is, if it's the sounds or, like, the way the TV flashes, because it's kind of a dark movie, it, you know? That's what it is. It, the patterning, like, the neuropatterning that it triggers, elicits the melatonin dump in you and then triggers sleep and relaxes you. And now that you have it conditioned, it's, it's the way you do it. I mean, you know, everybody talks about recovery and how critical sleep is. What they don't understand is how difficult sleep is because of the impact that our brains have taken neurologically, right? The cortisol, the hyper alertness, the traumatic brain injuries, the the impacts, the concussions, you name it. That's disrupted disrupted our patterning. 
So it's like we have to have exaggerated patterning. That's why all these new electromagnetic visual things, these visual stimulations. Hell, I listen to this uh, 32 biurnal beat pattern things in my ears. I listen to Tibetan monk chimes. You know, I have a specific sleep pattern. It's so, you know, it's essential if you even imagine to be able to get the rest you need to live a normal life. Yeah. I mean, it works. The shit works, man. And, um, so anyways, yeah, I went, that's how it kind of started, you know, was helping somebody went to the doc. I told the doc, you know, she's like, well, how do you sleep? I'm like, I take uh, a lot of pills (laughs) and I drink a shit ton of vodka. And she's like, like how much? And I told her like what I was taking, which was, you know, big concoction of prescription <laughs> meds and she's Could like holy shit army. like she's like are you trying to kill yourself and i just looked at her like the fuck are you talking no i just can't fucking sleep like it, what's the big deal you know and this then, is normal yeah so you did know this, tried, uh, let me let me pause for a second this did this accelerate once you left now nah, man it this was has building. been going on for a long period yeah, of time this is not a product of time. you transitioning out leaving after that situation and all that it, it, this was this had been going on for a long time dude okay yeah yeah it had been going on for a long time i think there's it's prevalent in way more situations than a lot of guys you know are comfortable openly admitting and thank yeah. god now with our show some other shows out there i know uh, you know, a lot of guys that have shows are really trying to shed light on this cultural reality for us. Yeah. And what I love about it is it's no longer demonstratized by ourselves, right? We're no longer, we're no longer of, you know, it, it's not a victim mentality per se. It's, Hey, we were in a bad way and this is what we we're doing. And, and, and now we're figuring out how to get help out of it. For me, mm-hmm. that's the greatest thing I'm seeing. The, the the challenge is is there are people that still aren't going and calling up a psychologist. There, there, or if they go see someone one time, they don't get that strong rapport or connection. That's it. They're done. They stay in the in the dark room. They stay wherever. But hopefully, with stories like yours and ours, people are becoming more open to talk about it. Yeah. So how? Yeah, how I didn't did, think it was a big deal. I wasn't sleeping because I was trained not to sleep. We're still young, and I'm, I still operate during the day with a couple, couple hours of sleep. So, yeah. and I think the problem is, is after a long time doing that, killing yourself, catching up with you, killing Literally. your brain. Literally. So yourself, when yeah. did when did all of a sudden you're like, all right, I got to change? Well, no, wait, I mean, b- before you go into that, um, why were you drinking so much? I think I mean the elephant in the room here is what. Why were you drinking so much? What you know? How did you get yourself into this position? I think any listener is going to be thinking that. What? Well, why, I mean, why are you there? It just it gets bred into you, man. Like you know, I mean, you're just you're out there operating. You come home, you jump on the bottle, and it you know becomes part of the culture, and uh, uh-huh. it spiraled out of control, way out of control. That's you know, enough. and uh, so when when did it working with? Your, your doc, when did it, like, because I know for me, when I started working with psychologists last year, year and a half ago, right, in the midst of my divorce, man, I was able to ask questions that I'd never asked before and get answers 
that was enabled me to reevaluate why I was doing the things I was doing. Is that what happened for you? Uh, I mean, it's definitely like a slow but steady progression, you know, and, um, you know, I just started cutting, you know, we started working, you know, like one step at a time, you know, like it was, well, let's uh, cut all your concoctions out of, you know, and then, uh, you know, we got that out and then it was toned down, you know, like I cut pretty much hard alcohol out and switched to wine, which you already know. Yeah. And, you uh, know, noir, baby. Yeah. Yep, that's <laughs> it. And, uh, yeah, you know, and once I did that, you know, once I was able to slow that down, like your productivity just goes through the roof. And, uh, at the same time I was dealing with that shit. I mean, we're talking, you know, years Yep. and, uh, but you know, I found a new purpose too. Like it wasn't just, you know, I'd done everything I could for my buddy and, and then, I mean, you already know, like all the guys, you know, that well, this is something that I was really looking forward to. And I was hoping that you would pivot because we do often talk a lot about finding the mission, right? Every guy that we've had mm-hmm. on from Matt Best to Vincent Vargas to uh, you name it, any one of the people that have you know dealt with this stuff, it was finding the new mission. Yeah. And what was awesome for you is when you, why don't you describe to everybody how you hooked up with Peggy and started helping soft vets get their benefits. Yeah. Well, so with, I kind of had two purposes. I created them for myself and, uh, one was definitely, you know, helping the soft guys. And, um, so, you know, I met Peggy and, you know, I'd been out of the Navy for over 10 years and, uh, I met her trying to help my friend. I'd written senators, I'd written governors, you know, about the VA, another response. And then like out of the blue, here comes Peggy Matthews from Boston, Massachusetts. And um, we love you, Peggy. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and what's uh, the name of her organization? Uh, Veterans Advocacy Services. Okay. And, um, so basically I was just able to link a lot of, you know, power players together, you know, um, important people that have you know, were helping me and created like the most powerful damn veterans VA benefit nonprofit in mm. the country. And how know, many total guys before you started, you know, having to be pulled away because your new business and all that, do you know what those numbers are? I mean, I remember you lost count after like 60 some or something like it was, that. It was everyone I knew, man. Like wow. everyone it was like, Hey, you, you know, you want to help with your VA stuff? And then it was boom, 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 boom. And now, dude, like, if you, like, the people that don't have, like, what they deserve is, like, astounding. Yeah. Nine Medal of Honor recipients. Nine. Had nothing. Had no VA benefits. Yeah. I remember seeing a guy at the SEAL Museum. No legs. Didn't have his benefits. Are you, you know, kidding me? No, Why no is bullshit. that? Because Why I mean, is this happening? I mean, it's that it's the VA, man. You know, it's, that's what it is. Like they don't, they literally do not give a shit. You know, like have you ever stepped in one? You know, <laughs> like the doctor. I remember the doctor. You know, evaluating me. They didn't even know what a Navy SEAL was. Same for me. You know, they're like, well, why didn't you go to medical? And it's like, 
because I was on a fucking operation. Well, what operation? Or like, what What do you mean? What's an operation? Like, are we fucking done here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me right now? You do realize we're at war, right? And um, so anyways, I but linked But that's every- the beauty of Peggy yeah. and what she represented. She knew how to navigate that system to where she could help us. I mean, she was... Honestly, bro, I, I've never looked at you in your face and said thank you, but thank you so much for connecting me because she was able to just help walk me through and is still walking me through in a way where it was never really too frustrating. I mean, obviously, going in and getting evaluated by people who never knew what a Navy SEAL was and all that is one thing, but I always knew that Peggy was there to help. And, and so... One guy became hmm. 10 guys, became 20. When did you know that this was really a powerful for thing for you to stay away from the demons in the darkness? Um, I mean, it came to a point where I had helped so many guys, you know, get what they deserve that I started like, as much as I hate to say it, I started getting resentful. And, wow. um, you know, guys I hadn't talked to and. 15 years you know or like what's up man you know and and i know and they deserve you know they deserve it you know like but you start getting that feeling of being used and uh and i fucking hate that feeling it's the worst feeling in the world and you know we had been talking and then you know i jumped back on the bottle and uh you know i woke up dude in my in my bed and my whole fucking house smelled like gasoline. And I was like, what the hell is that shit? You know, I was hung over, you know, and I go downstairs and, you know, there's my gun, you know, like loaded, ready to roll on the couch. And my clothes are down there. And I'm like, where the, okay. Like where the hell is this gas coming from? And I go try to open the garage door and the fucking, uh, like the handle was like hot to the touch. And I remember, you know, I was hammered, dude. And uh, I remember like, holy shit, like something's going on in here. And I remember thinking like, if I open the door, I'm going to be like blown to smithereens. And I didn't give a shit. So I just opened the fucking door and there's my car running in the garage. And I'm like, all right. So I went in and, I, you know, I'm like, holy shit. Like I got to, you know. My fucking gas can melted, dude. Like, no bullshit. Like, Melting. the gas can, like, melted off. And then, like, the few, like, the little bit of gas that was left was dripping onto the fucking exhaust. So how that didn't go up, you know, but whatever. So I opened the door, you know, aired it out. And <clears throat> when I looked in my car, my seat was, like, reclined back. So I'd obviously, you know, I was ready, dude. And, um, you know, and then, you know, you know, I fucking texted you. Yeah. And I'm glad you did. Yeah. I texted you and I was like, holy shit, dude, like, this is where I'm at right now. This is what happened. And you're, you know, you know, then we caught, we talked and that was like my real turning point. I was like, fuck dude. Like, what the fuck was that shit? You know? And, uh. Never looked back. And then from that point forward is when my business and <clears throat> everything like really started taking off. Like I I was like, I'm never doing that again. You know, I made a promise to somebody I would not, 
drink vodka ever again. And I've held, you know, I've held it. And <clears throat> so Vigilant Sleep was born. <laughs> and uh, Out of the depths, right? Yeah. Out of the ashes. Yeah. So. Well, I'll tell you, man, when, when you, when you get those calls and anybody, you know, that's listening and you've gotten those calls or you've been there yourself, cause I've been there many times actually with you in that same space. And, and when you have, when you reach out, because that's the hardest thing, right? The hardest thing there is to do is actually reach out and say, Hey, I need help, especially for us. Yeah. But one of the things we're seeing, you know, over and over and over and over again is our guys just not reaching out. And everybody's just like, hey, dude, you know, hey, man, if you're in a bad way, I'm here, man, you know, and that doesn't always work. And so it really is a testament to your strength that you did. And I think once you did, it opens the doors to be able to get perspective and gain a new outlook that ultimately help can help you start charting a new path and a path that serves you to a certain extent. Because I remember we talked a lot about, hey, man, you got to get yourself good now. Yeah. Yep. And you were right, you know, but I mean, shit, dude, you know, like at first I didn't think there was a problem. You know what I mean? Like I really didn't. And then, uh, you know, and then, you know, all the lead up to that. And that was like the point where I was like, fuck dude, like I gotta get my shit together. No, that's another great thing about our generation and our war, man. The last generation, their war was so bad and they got treated so bad coming back on the way we were raised and how much we were raised together and we love each other so much. So when our wars kicked off, we were young, right? We've been fighting forever. As guys started to rotate out, they were rotating into that same blackness that the Vietnam guys, but check it out. As that progressed, we got sick and tired of that. And since, you know, how much we care for each other, we've collectively started to go, it's like going through your own buds and your own hell week by yourself. Yeah. Right. But everybody's going through it. But for whatever reason, we don't, we don't get a swim buddy or a boat crew back up. And, but now what's happening through all of this, right? I like to have to go back through our own hell week. Yeah. All of us have made it through it, and now the guy we're we're set. We're out. We've established ourselves, and we're building that community back up. And later, when the guys are poking out, it won't be that big of a of a deal. I don't think. I hope not. And I, I think you're too. spot on, mm-hmm. man. What what was what was so as you all right? You created vigilance. I remember you saying, "Hey, man, I'm going to do this." And I remember I remember going through the, your <laughs> your logo design with you, and I yeah. remember going through all that and just seeing the energy come back in you and the focus and the drive and the determination. And, you know, what, were, were there any points where you're like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm not going to quit. I'm good. Yeah. You know, like I built it from nothing. You know what I mean? I didn't know anybody in, in Boca Raton, Florida, <laughs> other than you. <laughs> Thank you. Shame, but uh, you know, I didn't know anybody, and I built it. And uh, <laughs> you know, so and uh, you know what motivated it was a real purpose. You know what what the whole like thing that started it. I didn't want to get out and teach classes, you know. But I I saw you know shit. We had Paris, we had Fort Lauderdale Airport, we had uh, what Brussels, yep. we had London. You know, it's like 
active shooter, active shooter, active shooter, active shooter. And, you know, there's a lot of cell phone footage of that shit. And you watch it, and I've, like, realized, like, holy shit. Like, the American people, like, do not have any clue how to act or what to do when that shit happens. And I was like, Hmm. somebody's got to, like, start putting some shit out. You know, like, this is ridiculous. They don't even know what fucking cover and concealment is. They don't know what dead space is. They don't know what to look for life-saving you know concepts so vigilance you know so i that's why i started it and but how do you sell that you know (laughs) it's you know you can't you can't package like a mindset and sell it i mean at least i don't know how to do it you're great (laughs) at it but i'm i'm not so i was like well what the hell what does everyone want to see navy seals and shooting guns and shit right so (laughs) i started teaching classes and I got real good at it, you know, like I'm a good teacher. And um, so uh, the turning point uh, to get to your question, you, you know, know what like, that means? That means you know your craft. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's, it's, it, and it's awesome, you know, when you take a 55 year old mother who's never held a gun and she's shaking and you like have that ease and the patience to help her and not scream at her like we were taught. You know, and, you know, and the next thing you know, she's doing 25 yard shots, you know, and hitting 75% of the time, you know, most people can't hit a fucking target at 10 yards, you know? (laughs) Right. And you see like that progression. It's like, holy shit. Like I'm creating some fucking badasses, you know, like no shit. Yeah. And, um, so anyways, you know, but yeah, it was, it was tough to get, you know, to that point and keep going and, um, from helping all these guys and the feeling that resentment, you know, I'm glad I felt that. And I'm glad I went through that because it forced me to like get out of the fucking community for five minutes. You know what I mean? And, um, once I did and I started like, actually I shit canned my ego. Like I, you know, I, I started hanging around with everybody who's the best at what they do. So, you know, if I have a client that's a badass businessman, which I do, you know, a bunch of them, and uh, two of them in particular, like, r- really have helped me, you know. And I remember one of them said, you know, I was asking for business advice. I'm a, you know, I, I'm a sponge, man. Like, if you're going to put out information, I'm going to fucking listen because it's yeah. going to make me better, you know. And I remember him saying, just don't quit. And. <laughs> I'm like sitting there, like oh, that's somewhere. Huh, it's fucking so, dude, like tells me not before. to quit. You know, like holy shit. I think there's shit. a team out there. <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, how many times have you Thank heard you, that? Marcus, no right. shit. Like, don't quit. You know. And right. I'm like, holy shit. Like, well, I'm like the fucking king of not quitting. You know. And <laughs> so I didn't. You know, like I was just like, well, shit. That's easy. I've been doing that my whole life. And uh, and and so I just, you know, there was a lot of times where I had. Dude, I I had more instructors and students, you know. I was paying to teach courses, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And then, you know, now it is what it is today, which I put a course up, and it's gone in 24 hours. That's awesome, bro. And, uh, you know, now I'm shooting with freaking Taryn Butler, you know, in Los Angeles, and (laughs) Corinne Mosier, and, you know, I'm here with you guys. The best shooters in the world. I mean, it's you know the people you meet if you know when you have that drive it's it's awesome you know when you can 
you know, the coolest thing, man, is like I can only appreciate people that are the best at what they do. And when you have that mutual respect, whether, you know, it's a freaking billionaire or whatever, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever, you know, when you when they're the best at what they do and you're the best at what you do and there's that mutual respect like there's nothing better than that it's all there's no shock like oh fuck dude you're a seal there's oh shit you're a billionaire it's just that mutual like can we just cut all this bullshit and talk <laughs> like and, human you know, beings exactly yeah and well, you become the most proficient in your own skill set and when you're standing across somebody it, that's the equality right yeah you know and equality when great word it's that you're at the apex, you know, and they're at the apex. And I think there's a, an unsaid mutual respect and appreciation, you know, because you both have that drive. Yeah, it comes with put, you understand what it takes to actually become good at what you're trying to do. So you, it has to be that way in something else. Now, one of the things, though, as I've watched and, and what really I think has begun to separate you amongst a lot of other people is 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 my favorite because obviously i don't take myself that seriously at all especially the wizard will tell everybody take a look at that (laughs) such an (laughs) asshole but it's true and 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 so i i love that aspect i love to be able to look at life and say hey stop being so serious i spent so many years being so serious that it contorted my perception, right, of myself, of reality, my world. So I'm done. I'm not doing that anymore. I want mm. to enjoy every day I have above dirt because it's a blessing. So what was crazy is, is, and what I love most is your YouTube videos because you put out these videos that, and I'm very fortunate that you've allowed me to be a part of this and, and, and help you and have fun with you, but you have fun in these things. You don't take yourself too seriously. You, you, you poke fun at yourself and you just released one with Corinne where you did your first three gun competition and she shows you this piece of gear, you know, where she wheels out the most essential piece of gear for a three gun person. And that's a baby carriage. So you can take all your shit from course to course. You yeah, put all your guns. Yeah. Your it's it hilarious, is. It's, it's dude. It's straight up fucking baby carriage, It's straight dude. up, and it comes out. Really? And then you show yourself, like, in it, like, moving on a range, going, yeah, yeah, you know, and shooting. And, <laughs> and it's this humor. Why have you chosen to use humor in the way you are with, the promotion of of what you're trying to do for people and your training and everything else. Uh, that's a great question, and actually, it came from you. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know that or not, but that's the only reason he asked you that question. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, that's great. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, Robert, we were at your office and we were mapping out everything. Yeah. You know, like what am I going to do? Because at that time, it was. It was the mindset thing, and then, you know, which I do do, and and going into people's houses and whatever. Yeah. But um, you, s- I was looking at everybody that was doing this shit, and I was gonna be just like them, a fucking hard ass. At that time, I did have a six pack, you know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> not of beer, and uh, 
I remember you said, you remember the first time you stepped foot in, you know, Naval Special Warfare Training Center, you know, Bud's. And I was like, yeah. And you're like, do you remember how scared shitless you were of the instructors? And I was like, yeah. And you're like, and you had the balls to go, like, face that. And you were still scared shitless. You're like, mm-hmm. you're training people who didn't do that, and they're scared shitless of you and or any SEAL. Mm. And I was like, holy shit, man. This crazy motherfucker actually has a point. <laughs> and, uh, like, I really, I was like, he's right. I was like, holy shit, dude. I remember being 18 years old, scared shitless. And uh, so I, I really took that to heart, and I wanted to be approachable, mm. you know? So that's what I, you know, I I started joking around, and then and it, it turned into what it is, you know? Like, shit canning that ego, like, really helped, too. I mean... It's okay if some, you know, if somebody's military career is more impressive than yours is. Like, you know, I can look at Marcus right here and be like, fuck, dude, like, not even close. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not even close. And that's fine, dude. Like, you know, like, I'm comfortable with what I did. And there's plenty of people who have done way more shit than me. And, oh, I. Trust you know? me, that applies to me too, cowboy. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's, it's okay. Like, and you know what, dude? Next year, there's going to be a, another handful of guys that have done shit way cooler than the guys that are in right now. Exactly. You know why that is? Because that's what brought us in. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, there's so. also another concept that I've experienced. It applies almost always across the board that the more hardcore, badass, whatever your resume is, there's like an inverse relationship between that and just more how laid back or less cocky, less standoffish, less of an asshole you are to other people. Usually the guys who are the most serious operators, they don't have to worry about putting on this big facade in front. Yeah. You know, and that took me a long time to I mean, you have to experience that, you know. You yeah. you, you walk the Good point. you walk the line, you see this through the years and it's well, it's just something you realize it's the truth. Yeah. Well, once you go through all that and you gain all that, what we learn when you, and when you're young and you first get it, you want to play with it, you know, you want to show it off, right? Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, we work so hard to, to become it. Navy SEALs to get that Trident, but we don't ever wear them. Like at the command, like, hey, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go down to uh, PSD and take my bird for a walk. Yeah. Um. So you've been, you've become, this is working well for you. You've been successful. You found your purpose. But apparently, as we've heard, it has not been easy. It's been a rough road getting there. Yeah. I'd like to hear, what would you have done differently looking back now? Oh, great Because question. I know, I know there are a lot of people listening to this right now. They're identifying directly with your situation as you were describing it um, prior to discovering this purpose. So if you were yourself back then... What would you have done um, to skip a lot of the hardship and difficulty you put yourself through? Great question. Uh, you know, I'd love to tell you, like, something that would have avoided all of it, you know what I mean? But I, for me, like, I think I personally, like, I had to go through that shit to drive it home, you know? And um, I would I don't know if I would change anything, man. Pain. Like, like, I had to go through it to get to where I am, and... You know, I guess if anything, I would have just done it sooner, you know, um, 
there's just you know like i would have just i would have got you know went and talked to somebody a little bit sooner i would have put the bottle down sooner you know and um i wish i would have realized you know i you know it's bred into us like you got to take care of your buddies you know it, like and i'd like take that shit to the t you know yeah, you i'm do. like always there when somebody needs me and you but you and it sounds selfish and I, I i still feel selfish today but you have got to like take fucking time and work on you you know and uh, i wish i would have done that a little bit sooner rather than taking care of and helping and immersing myself in everybody else's problems and issues you know i should have taken time for myself and mm. You know what I mean? Does that? I don't know. Does that make sense? Totally. I think it's coming through. I think totally. it's coming through. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because if you don't, then what do you got? Yeah, it's, you can't help anybody. Worse. If you can't allow yourself to be your best, how can you expect to yeah. be your best at helping someone else? Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of people try to not focus on themselves by focusing themselves focusing on other people and they then that'll only themselves. take it to a point right yep. so because what happens when you heal them and they leave then you're what are you you're nothing you're mm. you, you yeah. still gotta look yeah. in the mirror Brad, you're good yeah, yeah. yeah. so yep. that i good guess point. i would have done it a little sooner like all my little steps that i went through i would have done them sooner and i, I would have you know worked on myself more you know in the beginning of this whole transition <laughs> journey nightmare bullshit enlightenment <laughs> do you think it, do you think it was that you you didn't want to accept that you needed to work on yourself or you did not recognize or you just completely didn't realize that it's you needed to focus on yourself you know man i don't know how to answer that i think there is a lot of shit that goes on subconsciously with everyone mm-hmm. and uh i it was probably a little of both you know i was scared to open the door and Hmm. and and look at my myself you know so i took on everybody else's problems you know and uh the way to deflect our yeah. our, our own issues onto something else that gives us purpose yeah yeah, yeah. and that that's part hmm. of the ingrained culture of the brotherhood right we're taught to sacrifice all that we are for the success of another and you know, in, in, in the context of being on the front line, that works in a really profound way. But when the front line is your mind and your heart and your emotions and those battle lines are blurred, man, it becomes challenging. And and when you're the one who needs the help, it, it's tough to do that. I yeah. mean, I, I've yet to meet an operator that is fresh out of the teams or in the teams that is great at asking for help. I yeah. just haven't met the individual. And it's only the people that have come through these gates of fire of personal discovery that have, you know, felt that pain and and learned to, has done the introspective work to understand them, that now at their age, at more wisdom, like Marcus talks about, you get past that 40 mark, you gain wisdom, you gain perspective, then you can say, hey, I need help. And, and th- that's the greatest thing that we can do as human beings, is to live with people that we have strong enough bonds, strong enough relationships, that I can call on the phone, just like I 
did with Sean in my darkest hour with my divorce mm -hmm. and say, I need your help because I knew he trusted me that much when he asked me mm -hmm. and I was able to do the same for him. But those bonds, that, those, that rapport, that, those bonds of trust, man, that takes, that takes a lot of courage to develop those with human beings. And as operators, when we're on the out and we're feeling isolated, it, it, we struggle with cultivating that. So I think in, in every human being needs to be able to develop those, needs to be able to really push themselves and open themselves up for some personal assistance for and th and that's why we do this show right i mean this is what the whole show is based upon to let someone like sean come on and and tell his story and then to let people hear hey we you know navy seals aren't only these these you know these superheroes right these real superheroes they're men that ha struggle and when uh, we, we take the cape off Take the cape yep. off. Thank you. When we have other women that come on that share their challenges, like Lara Logan, what it was like to be raped, right? Like Brogan Wall and the face the struggle she faces medically. We all struggle. We all experience pain, right? And the greatest aspect and why Marcus started Team Never Quit in the first place was out of his pain, the discovery that we need each other. And that's what this show, I, I hope and I believe is happening, is sparking that, that need. And we're seeing that with our listener write-in stories and the pages and pages and pages of those we have. I think that's the beautiful aspect of it, that you're not weak because you feel pain, but you will weaken even more should you not share that pain. And the one thing that I know, mm. hands down, is that we are all united in our collective pain. That's how I know I'm strong, because I can take pain, not the other way around. Yeah. You're taking pain, you're not weak. Yeah, it makes sense, man. Well, Sean, thank you so much for sharing that, brother. I mean, that's powerful stuff. I'm, I'm really happy that you came, you wanted to come on and share. I think it's going to have a huge impact on a lot of people. Can you tell our listeners what's going on right now? What's up with the future for you? Where can people follow you? How can they get a dose of, of you, you know, on a regular basis? Uh, well, what's coming up? A lot of, a lot of shit's coming up. <laughs> I mean, me and you got a TCCC course coming up that's going to be badass, that's going to be a whole production done can't about it. You talk, talk me into that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I talked you into that. Now, uh, shit ton of more videos, you know, on YouTube, everything's at vigilance elite, you know, YouTube website. Uh, how Instagram. can people follow you on social media? Uh, Sean Ryan, seven, six, two on Instagram, vigilance elite on Instagram. Uh, that's the main one, you know, and YouTube vigilance elite, and, you know, what's coming in the future, there's a lot of big shit coming in the future that I can't actually <laughs> say anything about until... You're training with a 
secret individual for a secret, secret movie <laughs> that movie. we're not so secretly excited to see yeah. when it comes out at a secret date in the future. <laughs> can we secret? Can we say that? Well, he he did work for the agency. I mean, <laughs> well, Sean, thank you, brother. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. God bless you. Thanks for coming on. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. It was, it was an honor. It really was. Like, it was awesome. Thank you, guys. Good talk, man. Yeah, absolutely. Brother, what I love about transition stories, and especially guys that have the courage to come out and talk, is that they're still sitting here. They made it through, right? They endeavored to persevere. They were in the hole. They were in the darkness, in the abyss, but yet they came out of it. I was like, sometimes you drop down in that cocoon, right? Stay in it. Some some of us longer than others before you figure out we're we're on the wrong side. When you break out, you break out hard like that. I mean, especially with guys like us because of how high-tempoed we are, and then we shut down to that zero drive, and it's just kind of like get stagnant for a bit. Out of the gates twice as hard. Right? When you can figure out how to start the engine again. And, they say, and, what's your purpose? And if you don't have an idea, just think up one. Nothing you can't do. Just if That's a great you point. You just finish something up that, that you wanted to do like we did in the military. <clears throat> Remember how much passion we had for that? Pick something else. And then get into it. Start all the way over and be excited about doing that. Like, I don't have any responsibilities. You know what I mean? You're clean slate. Yeah, it's actually supposed to, supposed to be a, re, uh, a relief when you don't have any responsibilities. For us, it's, a, it's depressing. Right. Good That's point. why you get up and make your bed in the morning. You shave. You work out. You keep those routines till you find something to fill that, the big breach that, that our overall the purpose. Right out. It was funny. When I was, de- when I was doing the research on developing my speech live with purpose, it's like, all right, where do you start, right? Where do you begin? And so I started, obviously, with uh, Purpose Driven Life uh, by uh, Rick Warren. And then I started, you know, I read some other uh, big-time writers and, and f- philosophers. And you read some biographies about people that had. And there's never one concise way to start finding your purpose, Right. It's all usually Mm -hmm. about individuals being inspired to go after something that's bigger than themselves. And so what I always say to people is, hey, if you're not sure what your purpose is, just go serve someone else. Right. Just start there. Go work at a soup kitchen. Go do missionary work. Go go help somebody start a business. I love the whole sense that once that purpose has been discovered, you're catapulted, right? You're shot out of a cannon towards this new journey of discovery, right? Just like you were before. And you're preconditioned to experience deeper levels of pain. I just wanted to say that this really has become like a predominant topic on this show. It's been coming up more and more frequently. I think if we had to pick one singular never quit topic, this is it. I mean, you look back at People like Brennan Schaub, or I mean, if I just go through, you got Brennan Schaub, Jose Sanchez, Rocco Vargas, Evan Hafer, uh, Dan Crenshaw, Mike Ritland. It just goes, they were all, there's big stories of transition in here. And like you just, like you guys just said, it doesn't 
come in the same form. And we just heard a slightly different way that it came to Sean. And um, it made me think one of the ways that I don't think we have heard is just sitting there in a dark room thinking about what should be my purpose? Who am I? Why Which am I is here? sort of an intuitive, I think, is, it's kind of an intuitive way to find it. You say, well, what do you want to do? Sit there and think about it. But I don't recall anybody saying that's how they discovered it. No. So I think there's a lesson in that. that well, my, how my long did it take to discover the first There's path. a reason. I but mean, that's a lesson to be learned in and of itself. I think you need to take action and go out and discover it outside yourself. The Let journey. It come to you. The journey, the journey of purpose. What were you saying, Marcus? Like, well, how long did it take you to figure out your first purpose? It didn't happen when you were born. It didn't happen in junior high. It took a while. It's okay. It's like, more than likely, it's not going to present itself right away. That's why you kind of just get out and start moving around and doing the things that interest you or that you keep you occupied or that are kind of assimilate with the military. And then as you go along and progress, you realize you do have this more skills than, than almost anybody else. And then that new path will present itself. That's and it goes, I, it goes, it goes back to what Chris Cassidy was talking about about paying attention to the doors that open. That's right? a good point, right? And those avenues of those new pathways. If there's an intrigue and interest, allow it to be inspired. Allow yourself to be inspired, and allow yourself to take that step to to go into those new realms. If you will, no matter, regardless of what pain you're going to face or what fear you're going to face. If you simply just go out and take a step forward, you might take 10 steps and be like, nah, that's not it. Come back, reset. Hey, there's a door that's open. I know this person that's doing that. That sounds interesting. Let me go down that path. So I think that's a really critical way that it is a journey. It's not something that you snap your fingers and it happens overnight. Yeah, we spend our lives Absolutely. a lot of times in the same on the same path, and you know, stress builds up with the responsibilities that come with the experiences that you have over life. Sometimes, when you get to that, you know, that forty age, and you cut everything loose and start over with clean slate, there's a calm to that. There is a there's a peace, yeah. right? And and I think once you do discover a certain purpose, even if that purpose isn't going to be with you your whole life, there's a peacefulness in that. Regardless of the level of pain that you go through and the challenges and the hurdles and the adverse, the adversity, there's still, you know, you're doing the right thing. And so there's peace in that. As you get older and you realize how life short is, I mean, it's kind of one of those, well, you could go to school, get your degree, get the same job, do all that, retire and do the normal line. Or how many adventures do you want to have tucked into this one? How many things can we do? How many things can we, how can we become? Mm. I love it. Well, if you've listened to this show, man, you, uh, once again, I think we've accomplished our mission. I know Sean did, uh, but I hope you as the listener, you know, I hope you heard, hey, man, that there are different pathways and, and we all lose identity and regain it in different moments in our life. And so it's critical to recognize two things. One, that's going to happen no matter what, no matter how high you get on certain one apex of your life or how low is if you can know that this is part of the journey, you're good. And also the second thing, don't be afraid to ask for help. And that's the pathway for purpose. Yeah. 
So thank you for paying attention. We really appreciate you. If you want to know more and you want to understand what, what, what it is we do and why we do it, please visit our website at tnqpodcast.com. That's tnqpodcast.com. Uh, and also what we really love about the Team Never Quit community that we're creating is the ability for our listeners to go ahead and write in. Share with us your greatest never quit story or possibly your father's or your mother's or your cousin, your brother, your sister, your aunt, uncle. We don't care. But go ahead and and share those with us uh, because we're building this wonderful community of support within those never quit moments uh, and we want to have your story. Also, if there's someone out there that hasn't discovered our show and our show's helped you in any way, please show them how to subscribe on either the iTunes app or any app that's available on any mobile device. Or heck, just show them on your browser, take them to our website, and show that you can listen directly right there. We appreciate it. Well, we've got a reader's story for you now. Merch. I, n- I love when you remind me to talk <laughs> about the merch. We have merchandise. We have merchandise. We've got t-shirts that will blow you away. We're also working on some other phenomenal ideas like coffee mugs and hats, man. I'm telling you what, the Team Never Quit podcast merchandise is something that you can wear at birthday parties. You can wear it in going out. You can wear it getting married. I'll tell you what, buy one today. Huh? He's in full auctioneer mode. I was. It Go. was going. It Go. works as a sponge. It's going to wind up one to day. wash your car, to dry off the baby, to wipe the baby, whatever you need. It's there. Am I becoming It'll that guy? never quit. Am I becoming that guy? I was waiting for you to go start bit, throw your and you were accelerating, and then all of a sudden you stopped. I am. All right. Merchandise. Back to TNQpodcast.com. All right. Here is our listener write-in story. This is from Jason. My never quit story involves two people. My parents, John and Elsa, entered into a battle they never expected. I was along for the battle, but they are the two that possess the never quit mindset. On the Saturday before Father's Day 2013, my dad was feeling sick. We had urged him the day before to see his doctor on Monday. He reluctantly accepted this pleading from us. The next day, Father's Day, he didn't come to church with us because of his sick condition. What we did not know was how serious his his condition was at the time. My mom cared for him as best she could in between the morning and the evening services. Upon arriving from home from the evening service, my mom found my dad unconscious eyes rolled back in his head and writhing on the floor. She immediately called 911, demanding an ambulance. Her next call was to me, alerting me of the situation. I jumped in my car with, and with my wife, who was five months pregnant with our first son. We raced to the hospital. My dad was twitching and completely disoriented. He could not make eye contact and was burning up with a severe fever. They hit him with everything they had, antibiotics, steroids. His breathing slowed, and he went into an unsedated coma. They had to do a lumbar puncture to determine the cause of his symptoms. The verdict came to to us within a few hours. 
bacterial meningitis. My dad had the deadliest of meningitis. I started to Google meningitis on my phone because I'd never heard of it before. I found, to my dismay, there was little hope for my dad recovering. There were cases of amputations, vegetated states, and so on. My dad would spend a week in an unsedated coma. He woke up on his own six days after being taken to the hospital. He regained complete consciousness, but was seeing hallucinations due to the mega due to the medication. Those hallucinations still haunt him today when he recalls them. He spent 45 days in the hospital. He could not read, write, or walk when he woke up. He was 74 years old at the time. I stood with him and held him as he took his first steps. I had traded places with him so many years ago when he taught me how to walk. Now, my dad is fully functional, fully able to walk, communicate, and everything before. We are all Christians. We know that despite the hundreds of thousands of dollars that were present in medical degrees, our guide, the great physician, was caring for my dad. My dad is my hero. My hero was knocked down. He got up and made a full and complete recovery, never giving up. By his bedside, those 45 days was my mother. Due to work, I could only come every two to three days to visit them in the hospital, which was an hour away. Those days, my mom would go home and shower. Those were the only moments she was not beside her teammate. She never left his side. She never quit on him. She never pulled the plug. She never considered giving up that he would not recover. Today, we give all the glory to God and to his, for his recovery. My dad and I went to the Patriot Tour after he fully recovered. We were there to see Marcus and other speakers at the Ronald Reagan Library. We were inspired by all the speakers who were heroes in our eyes. However, I got to listen to heroes that night sitting next to my favorite hero, my dad. He never quit in his recovery. He made what can only be described as a miraculous recovery. And his teammate, my mom, never quit on him either. Jason, your pop is hard as nails, man. A lot of people nowadays mm. would have thrown in the towel. Did you say how he picked that up? How he got it? How no. Nah, and that stuff's gnarly, boy. It'll knock you it dead, dead. <sighs> Most people in third world countries, they get meningitis, they're dead. I grew up with a kid, man. He got it and died in two days. No way. Yeah. Wow. A friend of mine died, caught it in Israel on a flight back. He died before he landed in the United States. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary stuff. They thought I had it once. I had to get a spinal tap at Balboa. Oh, man. Yeah, when I was out in San Diego. It is no joke. Anyway, anyway so Jason, bravo Zulu on your father and on your mother and your faith in God, man. I, I think this show is... is really been powerful because what it talks about at its core is a second chance, right? Allowing yourself to believe that once you get that second chance, man, you can catapult yourself towards discovering what your true calling and your true purpose in life. I just want to give thanks because I believe this is a purpose of mine that I've been called to do. I want to thank God for that, Christ. I want to thank my children. I want to thank my beautiful girlfriend. I want to thank my family. I want to thank all those in my life who've taught me and helped me and been there for me. 
I want to thank Sean, my buddy, for his quest and his him being there for me. I want to thank our our Jason for writing in. And most importantly, I want to thank our listeners. Without you guys, we couldn't be here. And Jens, thank you for being here with me and my purpose. Yeah, yes, Sean sir. coming on and sharing that. And Jason, that, that story right there, the whole time it's important to having a family around. You know, even if you mess up, you're kind of a degenerate man. Your family take care of you when you're sick, right? Mm-hmm. That's why it's worth being so, just keeping it together. No matter what, holding them, being... <laughs> you don't think about that when you're... When you're young and no. barrel and running around, man, it's when you get old and busted, you hope somebody. That's why you have a daughter. But thank you for uh, writing and telling that story. Uh, getting back up, right? Everybody yeah, keeps bringing us back. It's still an amazing feat that we get to do this. Thank y'all. I'm out. Out.